You are now tuned in to Twin Edition Podcast. My name's Jenny Steele. I was born and raised in Worcester in England, and both of my parents come from Jamaica. I'm a first-generation Brit. This is the story of Millie and Christine McCoy, conjoined twins who were also known by their stage name, the Two-Headed Nightingale. Millie and Christine were born in Columbus County, North Carolina, on July the 11th, 1851, to Jacob and Monamia McCoy. Their parents were enslaved by blacksmith Jabez McCoy. They had five brothers and two sisters before them, and so it was a surprise when they were born, because it's safe to say they were very different from their siblings. They were conjoined at the lower spine and stood at a 90-degree angle to each other, they had the same pelvis, but each of the sisters had two and two legs. Christine weighed 12 pounds and Millie weighed 5 pounds as at the time of their birth. At just 10 months, the twins were sold for $1,000 to a South Carolinian John C. Purvis. Conjoined twins were a rare sight at the time and considered a freak of nature so people paid money to view exhibitions of the enslaved conjoined twins. They were called the eighth wonder of the world. Purvis gave a percentage of the money gotten from the exhibitions to the McCoys. They were later sold to a showman called Brower, who had the backing of a wealthy merchant called Joseph Pearson Smith. Smith served as the manager of the girls. Their shows were a great success around this time, drawing huge crowds and generating a lot of money. They were appearing at the museum of the famed showman P.T. Barnum when they were three years old. The museum, called American Museum, was in New York City. It was around this time that they were kidnapped by a Texan who swindled Brower. They were moved around among different showmen before reaching England. Joseph Pearson Smith, their rightful owner, was able to track them down all the way to England and return with them back to North Carolina, where their family was. They lived with Smith and his wife in North Carolina. The wife took an active interest in them and taught them how to sing and dance and play the piano, read and write and speak German and French. The 1863 Emancipation Proclamation was a major turning point in history. It was also a major turning point in the lives of the twins. By the proclamation, they were no longer enslaved and couldn't be owned by anybody again. They were free. During the Civil War, however, to prevent them being taken by Union soldiers, Smith hid the twins in Spartanburg, South Carolina. After the war, they decided to be known as one. They were called Millie Christine, the sisters felt they were one and had a strong bond. They are quoted to have said, Although we speak of ourselves in the plural, we feel as but one person. In fact, as such we have ever been regarded. Although we bear the names Millie and Christine, one thing is certain, we would not wish to be severed. Even if science could effect a separation, we are content with our lot and are happy as the day is long. We have but one heart, one feeling in common, one desire, one purpose. The twins decided to return to the stage, but this time by their own free will and continue to perform widely. 
They sang, with Christine singing soprano and Millie singing alto. They were also invited to perform for Queen Victoria, who presented them with matching brooches at Buckingham Palace in England. The trip to England saw the twins returning back to where they were kidnapped as children. They also performed in P.T. Barnum's Travelling Circus. The twins drew huge crowds and earned roughly $600 a week from their performances. This gave them a considerable fortune, which left them able to buy the McCoy property and farm where they originally grew up. They built a 10-room house there where they lived between tours. They wrote their autobiography, titled The History of the Carolina Twins. It was a very short pamphlet and was published by Buffalo Courier Printing House. They sold it during their public appearances. Some excerpts from an autobiography include one from page 5, in which they wrote that they are the greatest natural curiosities the world has ever had sent upon its surface. On page 6, they wrote that the woman who helped in birthing them couldn't tell at first whether they were a child or something else. The twins had a very successful touring career and in the course of touring learned Italian and Spanish in addition to being fluent in German and French. They found a school for African-American children later on and supported different colleges and churches. After a successful career, the twins retired to Columbus County in North Carolina. Joanne Fish Martel, a former court reporter, discovered a memoir written by the twins and she painstakingly gathered information from other sources such as British, French and American newspaper stories about the twins, medical accounts, showbiz periodicals, circus histories and playbills. With this information, she wrote a 294-page book on the twins titled Millie Christine, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. The house of the twins burned down in 1909, destroying a lot of treasures from all over the world. In 1912, Millie fell ill and died from tuberculosis. Christine died some hours later. They were buried in a double coffin and the headstone on their grave says, A soul with two thoughts, two hearts that beat as one. Their grave was in a forgotten plot that had become overgrown, but was moved to the Welch's Creek Community Cemetery in 1969 by the Columbus County Historical Society.